Hi, this is Craig Valentine, host of Early to Rise Radio. Have you ever wanted to become wealthier, healthier, wiser, or just have more time to appreciate the finer things in life? On this show, we reveal what high performers are doing every day to be more successful without sacrificing their personal lives. Early to Rise Radio is sponsored by The Perfect Day Formula. Get your free copy of this game-changing success guide at freeperfectdaybook.com. Now let's get started with today's show. This is going to be a little bit of a strange but super valuable episode. Today, I'm going to give you a coaching session. Now, I'm currently working with a business turnaround with a construction client, and I'm showing this client you know, who got hit hard by the housing market how to scale the business while still having a life. And we're going to help save their business with my systems, make them more profitable. And so that gave me the idea. Let's go through and do a free coaching session with you in your business, because this is what I do for my 50000 thousand dollar year mastermind clients. And if you watch this, if you watch this and you go through all the questions or you listen to this and go through all the questions, then I am going to let you send all of your answers to me at Craig at CraigBallantine.com and I will give you feedback on what to do next. So this is how the coaching session works. I'm going to go through everything I need from you. You're going to send everything I need to me and I'm going to give you some feedback. All right. So it's like, being your business doctor, I'm going to need a lot of info. And when I fix businesses, I need a lot of information. Just like a doctor, when you go see a doctor, doctor doesn't just look at you and then give you a prescription or a cure. No, the doctor does a ton of tests, asks you a lot of questions and gets you to the point where they know exactly what the diagnosis is and then gets you on the road to recovery. And whether you are going to a doctor for recovery or whether you're going to a doctor for optimal performance, businesses come to me sometimes for recovery or sometimes go to the next level. But I got to get a lot of info. So here's another example. I'm currently working with a $12 million weight loss company and I saved them $60,000 on one call because they were spending an enormous amount of money on something that wasn't working. And we diagnosed that, allowed them to stop doing the thing, but they needed the outside eyes of the business doctor to come on in. You know, they were paying and not getting results and they needed somebody to tell them to have a hard stop. And I also helped this CEO spend more time in their zone of genius and less time doing $10 an hour tasks. Now, as a female CEO, and a lot of female CEOs get into the $10 an hour task stuff because they're not comfortable asking other people, but it was clear through my doctor questions, my business doctor questions, that I was able to make a diagnosis and we were able to help her out because the golden handcuffs were on and the golden handcuffs are on a lot of entrepreneurs. And I gave the CEO the key to remove the handcuffs, showed her how to hire the perfect assistant and make more of the big moves that are going to scale her business to 16 million this year. All right, enough talk. Uh, as my Belgian, uh, B Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor says in his French accent when we step on the mat, so let's go. Let's get to work. All right. That's what we're going to do. So I'm going to share with you the questions that I need to ask in this business doctor audit so that you will then be able to tell me exactly what you need to know, what information I need to know so that I'm able to help you out and achieve your big goals and dreams. All right. So you see my notes here. The very first thing I need to know about your business is what marketplace are you in? So again, if you fill these questions out, if you answer these questions and email me at craig at craigvalentine.com, I will give you advice on what to do next. 
no charge to you. So first of all, tell me what your target market is. I need to know who you are aiming to serve. Who is your customer? Now I need to know your annual revenue, what your average customer order value is. So are you selling, you know, for example, in my business, I sell a lot of stuff. We sell everything from $47 courses and those people, their average order value after they have taken some additional um, offers in our funnel, they're $119 for that customer. Now our coaching clients usually pay uh, well, the lowest they can, they're investing with our coach is $1,500. They're investing $1,500 to $5,000 a month. And our coaching clients stay with us for more than a year. So you can do the math to figure out what our average customer order is there. We want to know the lifetime value of them in addition to the first buying, uh, first customer, uh, first customer acquisition. Now you also want to know how, I also want to know how long is the sales cycle? So if you are in a business like construction, whether you are selling the actual construction of the house or whether you're selling the kitchen or whether you are selling the house itself and the, you know, the development first or the house later on, what is your sales cycle from the time the person contacts you to actually doing the deal? You know, you might be an online uh, e-commerce person. And so therefore someone comes to your website, you know, through a couple of repurposing ads or um, retargeting ads, sorry, they buy from you within 11 days of first seeing your ad. Okay, great. Maybe you're a coach and somebody sends you a message on Instagram and by the time you get on a couple of calls with them, you know, the clarity call, the, the sales call, it's, you know, it could be an average of 31 days. So I need to know how long your sales cycle is. Next, what's your best source of customers? Okay, so again, if you look at any business, it's a matter of traffic and conversion or really lead generation and sales, marketing and sales, traffic and conversion. It's the same thing, right? Digital marketers talk about traffic and conversion, but if you own a store, you also want foot traffic in and sales conversion in the store. So it's the same online and offline, but essentially it's marketing and lead generation. So what is your best source of leads? What is your best source of new customers? Now you might get more leads from Instagram than you do from Facebook, but you might get more customers from Facebook than you do from Instagram. So I want to know both of those because maybe we can fix the marketing on the uh, Instagram if you get a lot of leads, but no sales from it. <clears throat> we also want to know how frequently do your customers purchase from you? So, you know, if you're a real estate agent, obviously your customers are not purchasing from you on a regular basis. I need to know that. I need to understand your business. But if you're selling digital products, maybe they buy three times per year from you. It's very important to know. If you're a coach and they pay monthly, then they're buying every month from you and 12 times in a year. Next is what is, now we're going to flip over to the other side of your ledger and talk about the expenses. What is your biggest expense? Do you have a PNL or how do you keep track of the numbers in your business? Because we're going to want to beat down your PNL, as my friend Rob Hanley says, and Rob's going to be interviewing me on a podcast very soon. But Rob says, beat down your PNL regularly. And what that means is going through your regular subscriptions and everything you're paying for on a monthly basis. Just go through your credit card statements and figure out what the, you know, what is this $17 charge I have every month for the last nine months? My goodness, I'm not even using this software. And then there's hundreds of, of dollars on charges like that. Beat that PL down so that your expenses go down. Now, you're not going to cut back on expenses and get rich, but you're going to save yourself. Maybe, a, maybe your office rent is $3,500 a month and you have like 
$3,500 in a year of wasted money. Well, there's a free month of rent, okay? And that can make a big deal. So beat down your P&L regularly so that you don't accumulate these Miss, um, you know, bad expenditures that hold you back, right? Because you're working so hard. And then after you get through taxes, man, if you can save a few thousand dollars, that's like making $15,000 on the gross revenue side of things. So you always need to be doing that activity. We also want to know what percent of revenue do you spend on compensation each month? So let's say you have a $10 million a year business. Well, the $12 million a year business, the person has 62 team members and they were spending 33% of their revenue on compensation, which isn't bad. But I have seen some companies where they are spending 55 or 60% of their revenue on compensation. And they've either overspent on team members, they have too many team members, um, or they're doing work and the, the owner of the business is doing $10 an hour work and not doing the high value work and they need to switch that up so that they can pay somebody to do the $10 an hour work and then maybe you know they might have to let somebody go who's really paid a lot of money and then they move to doing that activity of a lot of money. If they're going to work 40 hours a week, you, you should work on $100, $1,000 an hour task, not $10 an hour task. <clears throat> then what is your annual profit? So after all your expenses, what do you keep? I want to know that so that we can, again, continue to find ways where we increase your profits and decrease your um, expenses. And we also want to look at what's the most profitable activity that you do in your business. Because you do a lot of activity and you may sell a lot of products. You may have different levels of coaching, but which ones are the actual ones that keep the most money for you? Now, another question is, what is the biggest opportunity in your business for the next 12 months? So looking ahead, you know, we're doing this in early 2023, looking ahead at 2023, 2024, what are the biggest opportunities in your business? Are you seeing a trend in your industry? You want to ride the trend. Are you seeing a lot of demand from your current customers for a new product or service that you haven't yet taken advantage of? Are you getting a lot of requests for live events? So are you getting a lot of requests for for more higher level products and services so you can finally release a very expensive product that will be really profitable. What's the biggest opportunity in your business? Or maybe your opportunity is on the leadership side. Maybe you've got a business going where you're making a few million bucks per year. You got 25% you're keeping, but you're working 60 hours. Well, the biggest opportunity for you is to get your 60 hours per week down to 35 hours per week. And we do that very quickly. We had one guy come in, he's working 80 hours per week. We got him down in, in seven days after he just went through the perfect week formula. He got down to 35 hours per week. Now he's down to about 31 hours per week and he went from $19,000 a month in revenue to 33,000 a month in revenue and cut his work hours in half. It's crazy. Online coach, man. Man, some of these online coaches making huge mistakes, we fix them so fast. Next, what is your number one business goal for the next 12 months? So out of all the goals that you have, what is the number one business goal? And further to that, what is the specific definition of success for your business? So in 12 months from now, if you and I were having a conversation, we look back and I said, were you successful? And you said, yes. Well, what specifically happened that made you feel like you were successful? 
Or, you know, if you say no to that, if you look back on the last 12 months and, and I say, well, you know, was it a successful 12 months? You'll say yes and no. And I want you to tell me, well, why do you specifically do you say it was successful the last 12 months? And why specifically do you say it was not? So maybe it was not successful because you worked too many hours and you missed out on some family stuff, but it was successful because you had your greatest revenue. Okay, cool. So then specifically in 12 months from now, what would success look like? So that you say, yes, it was successful on the now number of hours that I worked and the revenue that I made. Because maybe you don't have to make $5 million in revenue like you did last year. Maybe you're going to be, you're going to feel successful if you make 4 million and you keep 1 million instead of 1.25 million, but you go from 70 hours worked down to 35 hours worked per week and you don't miss any family stuff. That's a specific definition of success. Or maybe you are a young and single uh, woman or man, and you're like, well, I don't have a family right now, and I want to scale my business from $2.5 million to $4 million this year. Um, I'm okay with working 60 hours per week. I want to launch a new high-ticket program, and I want to start this, and I also want to take a three-week vacation to Greece. That's my specific definition of success. Great. When I know that specific definition of success, it's like I know what treasure you are seeking. I can draw you the exact treasure map to get there, the blueprint, so that we get exactly what you want. But if I don't know the specific definition of success, we're not going to hit that target. You need to communicate that with me. <clears throat> Now, I also need to know what's your number one business obstacle. So what is in the way of you getting to your treasure map? Like, why can't you get your treasure right now? Why can't you get your specific definition of success? What is it that's stopping you? Is it knowledge about leadership? Is it, you know, procrastination? Is it self-discipline? Is it a skill set that you don't have, a connection that you don't have, a team member that you don't have? What is it that is stopping you from reaching your biggest goals? And then finally, I need to know all about your team. What is the name and position of each team member? Because I'm going to ask some really killer questions in, later on in this podcast about each team member that will be eye-opening for you. <clears throat> then we go into your three key objectives for the next 12 months. So I know your number one goal. What are the projects that you have to launch that are going to help you hit that? <clears throat> and then break that down. What's the number one key objective for the next 90 days? So in the next 90 days, you can only have one key objective. If only one thing got done, what would it be? And let's build a plan for that. Now, tell me the three biggest issues in the way of accomplishing that. So what are the obstacles? And it could be time, money, it could be team members, it could be competition. What is it? You know, it could be personal habits, discipline, personal relationships. Tell me about that. And thus ends most of the info gathering. So usually <clears throat> I gather all that info. And I want to gather all that info from you. You fill all that out. You might have to watch that a couple times. Email it to Craig at CraigBallantine.com. I'll send you some info. I'll tell you what to do next. Now, that ends the info gathering. Of course, I might have some follow-up questions. But usually the follow-up questions are on a coaching call with somebody. And so, you know, as, as it says here on the screen, you know, I often follow up with a few more questions. I give a little bit of a homework, you know, beat down the PNL, watch the perfect week formula video, do the love loathe exercise, use my politically incorrect job ad to hire your first assistant. Uh, all of these are resources that I give my clients. And now we go into the planning. And the planning document is here. So in the planning document, you see up at the top there, and it's just some very casual notes here that have uh, follow-up questions. So in this planning session, 
you know, the client who filled out that homework and sent it to me, we jump on the call. And this is where we are doing the planning session with them. So it's me and the client on the phone. I have studied everything they've sent me. I've sent them homework. They've done their homework before the call. Now, after the call, I'm going to have homework and they're going to have homework. Just like if you and I got on a call, at the end of the call, I would say, here, you have to do this, this, and this. So it's who does what by when. You have to do the sales report by next Friday. I have to send you an email copywriter or an email marketing sequence for your launch by the end of today. I also have to introduce you to you know, my client Boris or my client Frank, you know, really su successful guys. They're going to share with you something. And then you're going, your other homework is you have to record SOPs for your new marketing manager, your new salesperson, your customer service person, you know, to fill that hole. Almost all of my clients, and this is why it's already there, one of their homework pieces is to build a 12-month marketing calendar using the seven words, you know, keeping that in mind, enter the conversation in the prospect's mind. So you go through and you go through, okay, March, what are our promotional opportunities in March? Well, St. Patrick's Day, you know, and maybe first day of spring. And then in April, well, you can do an April Fool's Day. You can do an Easter sale. Maybe you've got a family birthday that month. You know, maybe, maybe you're in the marijuana industry. You got 420. So you have four promotional opportunities. Just go through and identify all the promotional opportunities in your business. We won't use all of them, but do that for your business. Do that with your marketing team. So that's your homework. Okay, that's your homework, even though we're not having a call. But I give that to every client in addition to the stuff that comes up during the, the call. So again, this is stuff that I fill in during our call. I'm going to fill in the homework that I have to go and do after and the homework that you have to go and do after. Boom. Now, I like to start off every call, no matter what situation the person is in. Because sometimes clients come to me like the CEO of the $12 million company crushing it. And sometimes clients come to me and they're running a... $250,000 a year driving school that had very little profit. And, you know, they're kind of bummed out. So we want to start with the wins of the business. What are the wins? Oh, hired a new instructor. Really great. You know, got the website up and going. Thanks to Mark, you know, your tech help from early to rise. Great. We got bits. We got wins. Good. We're feeling good. What are the lessons from the business? Not the losses, but what are the lessons? You only win or learn. You don't win or lose. What are the lessons from the last 12 months of the business? Uh, I, I need to keep track of my expenses. <clears throat> I need to stop doing $10 an hour tasks. Great, great. Those are lessons, and we're going to fix those. Then we talk about new customer acquisition. So how can we get new customers in the business based on what you've told me already? <clears throat> and customer monetization. What are all the ways that we can monetize current customers? By adding more value. That's how you monetize a customer. So if I have a customer comes in, buys my millionaire morning routine, I can add more value to them by then saying, hey, listen, that helped you with your morning. You should really grab my millionaire productivity pack or my effortless discipline course. You're, you love the millionaire morning routine. You're going to love this. It's going to help you go to the next level. So that's monetization through email marketing with a new product that adds a ton of value to their life. So we go through all of that that applies specifically to their industry and to the assets they have. Because some people, obviously every business has different assets, not some people, but every business has different assets. I have a huge email list. That is an excellent asset in my business. I have a very large Instagram uh, following. So that's an asset in my business. I don't have, I don't do a lot of activity on Facebook organically, which means I don't spend a lot of time in, I don't have a group. Um, I don't do a lot of stuff with my personal page. It actually is a hole in our business. I need to fix it. 
we do a lot of Facebook advertising, but a personal, like I don't, I'm not using my Facebook assets, so I'm not going to put a lot of time there because that's a weakness. And what we want to do is we want to strengthen a strength. So we want to think, how can we make, you know, take our email marketing from a couple million a year and double that? Because we're really good at it. So let's focus there rather than saying, how can we make an extra 20 grand a year from Facebook? Well, that doesn't make sense. No, we want to focus on the strengths. So we go through the monetization, looking at the assets. Do you have, oh, you have 100,000 subscribers, 100, subscribers on YouTube? That's an asset. Oh, you have a Facebook uh, group with 70,000 customers? Not just like free members, but customers? That's a huge asset. How can we leverage that and bring more money into your business? That's going to be like the most profitable part of our call. And that's where we go back. And you haven't watched my podcast on the 16 cash profit activators. I did that recently. It's on my YouTube channel. It's on my podcast. It's a game changer. It's going to put a ton of money into your pocket immediately. So after we go through the customer side of things, this is where we give a lot of, you know, Post-call homework to the client. Like, hey, you have to go and build an email series. You need to figure out what are the three emails you can send to your customers right now to gen your, generate more sales, et cetera. <clears throat> so tons of homework comes here for the client. Now we go back to the team. So we, we've listed all team members. And the questions that you really have to ask are, would you enthusiastically rehire each team member? So you go through Tim, Nancy, Barbara, Penelope, what a great name, Penelope. Penelope, would I enthusiastically rehire Penelope? Well, she has a great name, but she does a bad job, so I guess not. So would you enthusiastically rehire each person on your team? Now, if not, why not? And the answer comes down to one of two things. And this is from my friend Matt Smith. He taught me so much about leadership in a company. And, and Matt I think he gave me the enthusiastically rehire, but he definitely gave me the skill or commitment question. So if you wouldn't enthusiastically rehire somebody, it's a matter of skill or it's a matter of commitment. Now, it's, if it's a matter of skill, that is your fault. As the CEO of the company, if you don't have a team member who doesn't have the skills for their position, you either hire the wrong person, you've put them in the wrong place, or you simply haven't given them the support. Maybe they're smart enough, they're hardworking enough, but they haven't gotten the Facebook ad training to be really good at Facebook ads. And yet you pay them to do Facebook ads or social media or email marketing or customer service or whatever it is. It's on you to go and give them the mentoring or send them off to seminars or to give them the video courses so that they increase their skills. Now, on the flip side, there are some people who no matter how much training you give them and no matter how much they want to do a good job, they're not a good fit. Like, hey, you could give, you could send me to an engineering course, and I could, you know, really want to be part of the SpaceX team, but I don't have the skill set or possibly the intelligence to be a rocket surgeon or an engineer or whatever it is, right? So I will always fail to be a part of SpaceX, <laughs> no matter how hard I try. I'm not going to be part of the engineering team. My skill set will never be there. So there's going to be some people, and that was a bad hire on your part, and you're going to have to fix that. Now, you may be able to move that person to another part of your team, but in most cases, you'll probably have to let them go. Shame on you for doing that hire in the first place. So that's the skill side of things. Now, if you say, you know what? No, they have the skills, but it's clearly a matter of commitment on their part. And they're not, you know, I wouldn't rehire them because they don't have commitment to the company. 
And guess whose fault that is? That's your fault again. Here's why. It's your fault because, again, you either hired the wrong person into the position or you're not clearly communicating the vision and the mission of the company to get them fired up to commit to the company. So, for example, I had a friend and a client who had bad commitment from his team members. And it was because he didn't he, he had a vision in his mind, but he never shared it with his team members. And so all of his team members, they didn't know that, you know, because he had been ridiculed when he was younger for being overweight, that he wanted to dedicate his life to helping, you know, rid the world of obesity. That was his mission and vision. But he never told anybody that. So all they saw was a guy who was in really great shape because he had lost his weight and living a great life and having great cars and having a nice house. And all they saw was a guy making money. And they thought the only reason that this guy was doing the business was because he was greedy. And they didn't know the story that drove him to work 12 hours a day for 14 years to grow his business to that part. And so they were not committed to the business. And it was his fault for not communicating the vision. And when he finally did, so we turned that around. And all of a sudden, the commitment of a lot of people on his team went up. Now, there were some people so far gone that, you know, we had to part ways with them as friends, okay? Part ways with people as friends. Always do that. You know, what we do is we give more severance. If, if we're give, laying somebody off or firing somebody, we give more severance than legally recommended, way more, so that, you know, we're parting ways as friends. Here's more money. We don't want any trouble. We wish you the best. You know, and heck, like if I know somebody who is a good person and, you know, is a good fit for something else, I will go out of my way to help you find a job, but I don't want any animosity. So back to the commitment thing, you want people who are committed to the business. If they have commitment and they have skill, you're going to enthusiastically want to rehire them and they're going to be A players on your team and they're going to be tremendous. Now, you also need to make sure that you set clear expectations. And then finally... We talk, I talk with my coaching clients about the number one seat on their team that they need to upgrade in the next 90 days, so in this quarter. And this is a great idea from Vern Harnish, a mentor of mine from Scaling Up. He says, every quarter, you should upgrade one seat on your team. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot to some people, but uh, you know, maybe you think, wow, one person, you know, maybe you have four people on your team. But you know, it's, it's, essentially, if you upgraded four spots in a year and you went from B players to A players, your business would have remarkable growth. And it does take a lot of work to recruit, hire, onboard, train, and retain a great team member for a long time. So you need to be upgrading that seat uh, every 90 days, a seat. And so you need to either give them more skill, maybe you need to shuffle people around, maybe you have an open seat. Like sometimes it's like, I don't have a marketing director. Like I personally do not have a marketing director right now. It's an open seat in our business. We have to go and find it. Last quarter, we were hiring a new closer for our sales team. That was our priority and we did a great job of it. Shout out to Linda on my team. Uh, then the coaching session that I do with people turns to the personal side of things, their health, their family, the CEO skills and leadership ability they have, their millionaire mindset. If they have millionaire mindset issues and thinking big issues, then I refer them to a coaching session with Gavin McHale from our team. So if they're a, a client of mine, they'll get a free session with Gavin. If they're not a client of mine, they'll have to invest for with more coaching uh, with Gavin. But you know, in two or three calls, he can he can fix you. And then finally, we do the love and loathe exercise for productivity. And this is simple. 
Scrap piece of paper, split down the middle, love on one side, loathe on the other. Everything you do in your business that you love, you write down on one side. Everything that you loathe, you write down on the other. You know, for me, editing videos, I don't edit videos, but I would loathe it. Um, actually, so let me think realistically. So I don't love uh, certain meetings. I don't love doing a lot of coaching calls. I don't, I don't like talking. Basically, at the end of the day, I don't like talking. I like writing. The end. Um, but there's a bunch of activities associated with talking, a bunch of activities associated with writing that I like. And so I said, listen, like, for example, in my business, I hate doing video sales letters. I hate recording them. It's, reading from a teleprompter, it pains me. And so we decided, like, for the last product, I wasn't going to create the product. I wasn't going to do the video sales letter. And we're launching it. And it's, it's a home run. It's amazing. And I didn't do any of it, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff behind the scenes of that product that I did that I loved. And now I'm much more enjoying, um, you know, I'm really enjoying my, my job and my work, but you know, it was just, a you know, the five or 10% that I hated, we got rid of it. So then now you have this list, love and loathe, right? You're the CEO of the company. You're going to go to your next executive meeting or team meeting, and you're going to say, I need help. I need help. There's, there are activities that are draining me and preventing me from growing the company. And if we can grow the company, everyone's going to benefit. So whenever you ask for help and you need change, you have to frame it in a benefit for the other side, right? So for example, like if you were getting your kids to go from chicken fingers to chicken burgers, you would have to frame this as a benefit to them. Hey, these are tastier and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that you find these tastier than the old thing. That's the only way they're going to change. Because if you're just like, they're healthier for you, then they're not going to change, right? So you have to frame it in a way that there's a reward for them for making the change. And so you take your love and loathe into the team meeting. You say, I need help. These are the things on my loathe list I don't like doing. These are the things I love doing. And if I can spend more time in the love component, even taking on some of the things that you don't like doing that I love doing, then the business is going to grow and everyone's going to have more opportunity and it's going to be a lot more fun place to be. So I need your help getting rid of the things on my loathe side. So I loathe doing bookkeeping. And maybe maybe someone will say, well, listen, I've done booking, bookkeeping class in college. I can really do this for you. Oh, great. So now you're assigned. Who does what by when? So you do the bookkeeping. You're going to have to do things by the 15th and 30th every month. Um, this is exactly what you're going to do. I've got an SOP video for you. Great. Awesome. One thing down and you go through your list and you try and get rid of as many things on your loathe side and you try and get people to volunteer for it rather than you assigning that to somebody else. So that's the love and loathe exercise, which is going to be a game changer for you personally because it's going to give you more energy, more time, and the business is going to grow simply from this one exercise. Again, shout out to Vern Harnish who brought this one to me in a scaling up program and we love it in our business. And so I'm not the only person that does it. Our head coach, Daniel does it. Linda, uh, my executive assistant does it. And we do it probably every 90 days for me, every six months for everybody else. And we just, we're just arranging tasks in some cases like, Hey, listen, you don't need to be doing that at all. I didn't even know you were doing that, but you can stop doing that because you hate it. And it's not moving the company ahead. Sometimes you actually do that. But most of the time it's like, well, Linda doesn't like doing that, but Brittany, her assistant, loves doing that. So let's let her do it, and this makes everybody happier. So it's a really good exercise. Then we finish with a 90-day plan, and I've done presentation upon presentation of this. This is my perfect week formula, but it's the outcome goal with the three action steps, the immediate win, the 24-hour to-do, the 48-hour to-do, seven days, 
14 days, 21 days, 28 days. We talk about who you're going to be accountable to, what your obstacles are, and who you need to know. And you get a quick victory, you get the momentum and motivation, you get a positive dopamine hit from those quick victories, and we build the treasure map. This is essentially the 90-day plan is the specific custom-built map to get your definition of success treasure, everything that you want in life when we build this. Uh, first, the professional plan, and then the 90-day personal plan. And that's it. So that is the coaching session with me. The, the pre-homework that you have to do to fill out, you're going to send to Craig at CraigBallantyne.com and take a look at it, give you some feedback. And if we were to jump on a call, this is what we would go through and I would fix a lot of these issues. We would build the perfect plan for you to achieve your big goals and dreams, that specific definition of success. Once I was able to draw that out of you. I love doing this. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, it's on my love list, uh, not my loathe list. And so looking forward to hearing from you. Craig at CraigBallantine.com. You can send me this stuff there. If this was helpful, you can also send me a message on Instagram at RealCraigBallantine. Please share this with your friends. Everybody who's an entrepreneur, share it with all your other entrepreneur friends. This will help them. If Even if you don't send me the information, it's give you so much clarity about what matters and what doesn't, about how you're going to move yourself ahead. You're going to help build you the treasure map so that you can get rich both in money and in time with your family, which is what I was put here on this earth to do. All right. That's what I love to do. That's number one on my love list uh, for the business. And I will talk to you soon because I am going to go and do the number one thing on my personal love list, which is go hang out with my wife and my daughter, Isabella. All right. Awesome show today, everybody. We'll see you soon.